three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I am one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tallis, and I am joined by Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder from College Station and Stillwater, Oklahoma, respectively. Um, Walker, I'll turn to you first. A very, very interesting week in uh, in private school football. You went nine and eight in your pick record. I'll just put you on the spot now. I mean, uh, tough sledding a little bit, but once we get into district, there's a lot of upsets. A lot of things are happening. Yeah. You know, what's you? What do you have to say for that? You know. <sighs> You know, I'm at, I'm at the point now that I'm just like, relax. You see, I got my snow cone. You see this? I got the little umbrella. And I'm just chilling here, drinking my, eating my snow cone and having a good time. You know, I'm out of the pick race, guys. It is what it is. But I'm going to just sit here and enjoy the battle that is going to be happening between y'all two. And I'm going to try to pick as many games as I can. That is fair. And to speak on that, Ryan, we both went 12 and 5 last week. You are 91 and 44. I am 92 and 43. I probably should be a game better than that. But y'all had some interesting stipulations after that. Uh, my controversial switch pick with Kincaid's second Baptist, but I won't complain about that. I'm still in the lead regardless. Ryan, I don't plan on giving up this uh this pick lead. And if you keep trailing my picks, I guess we're just going to we're gonna stay deadlocked here forever. Your your thoughts on the the situation as it stands. You know. It sucks that, you know, I have to just trail every one of Wes's picks, every <laughs> single every single pick this year. You know, what's so funny about last week is literally the fact that we all picked so many different games and so many different teams like the talk. Everybody kept talking about how college football, that was the best week of the college football. That was the best week of weekend of football by by everything, by high school football, by college, by everything. Uh, there was a lot of different um, good games going on. And yeah, honestly, I'm cool with going 12, 12 and 5 after how many upsets were going on that last weekend. Yeah, I agree. You haven't had an undefeated uh, an undefeated week yet, have you? No, have you? Davis have. No, I no, haven't. I think no. you're the only one that's ever had an undefeated week on this podcast. Yeah. Which is, it's it's a feat I'll be chasing, but I don't know. I mean, with, with as competitive as some of these districts are, I don't really, I don't see a way that any of us go undefeated in the coming weeks, but... Things are crazy. It's possible. But that is all we're going to talk on on our pick records. And now, as always, we're going to transfer into our players of the week and on offense. Get ready for this because it's it's a lot to talk about. Elijah Kaysen from Fort Bend. Uh, that was wrong. <clears throat> and the Texas Private School Podcast Offensive Player of the Week, Elijah Kaysen from First Baptist Academy, a class of 24 wide receiver. <sighs> Elijah in the first half had five catches for 155 receiving yards and a touchdown in the second half against Weatherford Christian. He had to switch to quarterback due to injuries and they were down 35 to 13 at the half. After switching to quarterback, he went 10 for 12 passing for 209 passing yards and three touchdowns through the air. He also had 15 rushes for 66 yards and two touchdowns, bringing his total to six overall. He also rushed for the game winning touchdown and two point conversion to beat Weatherford Christian 50 to 49 in overtime i saw this on twitter and i immediately knew this had to be our offensive player of the week i mean walker this is absolutely ridiculous not only having a great game just in one half at receiver but then switching to quarterback and leading your team to beat one of the title favorites in d4 your thoughts on elijah case and just going insane for first baptist yeah no he is he's a really good player man um he's kind of been on my radar a couple of years um, he actually was, I believe, the son of a coach, uh, Coach Kaysen of mine back in freshman year of high school. Um, and he and, you know, he has that NFL uh, pedigree. He's a really good player, really great man as well. And um, his son has the athleticism and the height, the weight, the speed um, to be the big time player that he is. And he showed it this past weekend. Um he is a type of guy that you kind of expect on that team to be like, Hey, let me go to work. Let me give me the ball. Let me do what I need to do. And uh, they have a lot of playmakers on that squad, but he's just one of the big time guys. And he made a lot of big time plays to bring over an upset win over weather for Christian. Um, and yeah, shout out to him, man. He's a great player. Watch the film from this past week. He's electric. He's fun to watch. Um, being and also selfless, right? Like making that switch is not an easy move for any guy and being able to make that switch to quarterback and doing what he needed to do for the team. That's a big, big thing and respect to him, man. Uh, congrats. 
Definitely so. Ryan, your thoughts on Elijah Case and just crazy game for First Baptist. That's absolutely nuts. I was uh following on Twitter this game and I uh <laughs> I just did not uh know what was happening back and forth. The game um was going into overtime and I saw that, you know, uh Weatherford scored first. And so I was like, all right, first Baptist, you know, they're probably gonna push it to second overtime if they score. Nope. They said we have had Elijah all game been, you know, being a wrecking ball. Uh, we're going to have him go out there and go get the two point conversion and win it. Something that I think my college team should have done this weekend. But, you know, honestly, I just I they, they went out there and they got it done and they did it all through him. So great game, Elijah. And you showed how to, you know, put the team on your back in this situation. Definitely so. So congratulations to Elijah Kaysen and a fantastic win against Weatherford Christian. Now, moving on to our Texas Private School podcast, Defensive Player of the Week, senior defensive end Whitfield Powell, the Colorado State commit from Regents, had nine tackles, three sacks, and two forced fumbles, and also two tackles for loss against Hyde Park in a commanding 42 to nothing shutout win. Walker, Whitfield really led the Regents, the very stout Regents defense, in this dominant win against Hyde Park. Just an absolutely packed stat line. A stat line I feel like you as an offensive lineman would not want to face off against a guy like Whitfield Powell. Your thoughts on this dominant effort from the senior? Yeah, not at all, man. Uh, Whitfield was a guy that I remember uh, right after his sophomore year, I was told about, and I went down when I, when we were doing the interviewing tour, he came in, you know, talked to him, and I was like, all right, this guy has the size, the speed, the athleticism, and to be kind of that force. And, you know, they all told me, they're like, hey, man, watch out for this kid. He's going to be the real deal. And, hey, look what he's doing now, Colorado State commit, D1 bound, and uh, big, big stat line. Uh, in a game, you know, battle of 6-0 and 6-0, uh, he had to come ready to play against Hyde Park, and he did just that. And so congrats to him uh, on a big, big week. Definitely. So, Ryan, your thoughts on an absolutely dominant game by Powell? Yeah, uh, you know, it says says on his profile that, you know, this weekend was two strip sacks and uh, three, you know, he's he just went out there and had a, a madness of um, what's it called of uh, a weekend. You know, that's a great, great uh we're coming from, you know, on a team like Hyde Park that, you know, that obviously has had some success this year, um, really just kind of like sticking it to them. And, you know, it was part of the reason why obviously this region's team had the had the win that they had, you know, without you know, the turnovers that uh, Mr. Powell was uh, causing, you know, you're not going to be able to win a game like that 42 nothing. No, definitely not. But congratulations to the Texas Private School Podcast Defensive Player of the Year, Whitfield Powell. And moving on, before we recap our five games of the week from last week, we're actually going to take a look at the scoreboard and discuss just some of our very quick thoughts on the contest from last week. Parish Episcopal demolishes San Antonio Cornerstone. Um, I would assume all of you had that on your Texas private school uh, bingo card. Uh, Prestonwood beats Nolan Catholic pretty badly. Um, St. Joseph's gets a Brownsville St. Joseph's gets a one point win against Austin St. Michael's, which is huge for them. I actually picked that to happen because I knew how good uh, St. Joe's has been this season. Huge win for them. Um, Grace Prep won in a forfeit against TCA Willow Park. So very interesting development there. Covenant Christian beats Brook Hill 28 to 14. Big win for a very, very good night squad that's been having a fantastic year. Kincaid wins 20 to 17 over Episcopal School of Dallas. We will actually talk about this further at about the midpoint of the episode and the implications this has for SPC 4A because now it's just a big, you know, jumble at the top of SPC 4A. Let's see. St. Thomas beats Concordia 35 to 7. Grapevine Faith destroys JP2, who is just in a free fall as a program. Bishop Dunn beats Legacy 50 to 28. I'm sorry, Ryan. And then John Cooper beats Houston Christian 26 to 21. So, Walker, I'll turn to you first. Is there anything else on this scoreboard that you want to touch on before we get into our games of the week? Uh the shootout that was Bishop Lynch, TCA Addison. I know Ryan, you were keeping us up with that one, and you were just like, they scored, then they scored, then they scored, then they scored. And it was just back and back and forth. And TC Addison comes up on top, so that's a big win for them. Uh, Argyle Liberty, you know, travels out. To, was that at Midland, or was mm -hmm. that? And you know, that, they travel out to Midland, and that's a closer game, a ten point game. And you know, Midland's always known for their defense, uh... and they kept. No, that game was at Liberty. Sorry, I have that backwards. That was at Liberty. <laughs> I'm 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 realizing midway through this because I just I watched the live stream the entire time. And yes, you're completely right. It, uh, Liberty was just dominant. But yes, 
Or yeah, but just scratch like the last like six seconds of what Walker said, and everything else is valid. Well, like you know, Midland's always known for their defense, and they keep things close a lot of times, and they kept it into a ten point win, which you know I would think with that offensive firepower that they have at Liberty, you would think they would be a little bit more, but ten point win is still good, but you know not maybe what we expected. Um, you already talked about the St. Michael's. I mean, I so I I've bet it. I'm that's my last time betting on St. Michael's, man. I mean, I'm that's it's kind of dumb for me, man. I I've backed that team for too long, and uh, finally trying to get healthy. And I don't know how many more excuses you can make for this team, but um, I hope the best for them is I hope they're fully healthy, fully ready to go against Regents because that's they need what that one and a couple more to even make playoffs now. So they they have to get these the last couple wins ready to go. Um, assertion that's a close game against country day, which is they're like right on the edge of some of those big games, but country day just can't pull it off. Um, we already talked about the Kincaid shout out to that Kincaid, uh, student section. That was really, really fun to watch when that one video of them scoring it, when it all, um, went in that game and Dallas covenant going down to D three, you know, you lose to DC, but still being another one of those D two teams coming down and Brooke Hill. So that's a big win for them. Uh, and Ryan, I'll let you finish it off. I yeah. will say, I will say before Ryan starts, I need to touch on Grace Community beating Coram Deo fifty to thirty-seven. It's my alma mater. I've ha- I forgot about it, and I have to touch on that. Also, it's funny. I was talking to Walker before the before we started recording, and I mentioned that uh, Luke Newton, the senior from Coram Deo, threw six hundred passing yards and five touchdowns against Grace. And Walker was like, "How do you give that up and still win?" I'm like, "That's how Grace has been since I played there. We're going to give up about six hundred and fifty or yards of total offense, but somehow we're going to put up seven hundred and still win." It's just how grace does things but go on ron yeah uh obviously the the main games you know uh, the d4 matchups that are happening this weekend sacred heart and temple christian this is an undefeated temple christian coming into this game playing sacred heart but sometimes when you get faced with ryan swazinski there's not a lot you can do um but and the weather for a first Baptist game, you know, already talking about that one. That game was absolutely nail biter. Came down the edge. Y'all already heard it. Two point conversion for the win in overtime. Um, and yeah, I was going to touch on the uh, the Covenant Brookhill game. This is a Covenant team that is uh, also seven and one right now. Um, from what I understand, only loss being to DC. Um, and and basically they've destroyed every team they've played. So Covenant is just coming in and showing how great of a team, you know, they've been this year. Um, and, you know, uh, the one thing I want to talk about is St. John's and Legacy School of Sports Sciences. Um, Walker it was telling me on the on the live on uh, on Twitter, on the Twitter thing on uh, Friday night, he goes, yeah, I know this guy, this guy, and this guy from Legacy School of Sports Sciences. And I'm like, of course you do, Walker. Uh, and like, because I, you know, I, I heard of them for basketball, but I've never really heard of them for football. Well, this Lazy School of Sports Sciences team came within two points of a St. John's team that we thought was going to make a contention for SBC 4A. What do you guys say, Walker? The quarterback that I was telling you about, the 2026 quarterback from Legacy School of Sports Science, Keyshawn Henderson, 6'2", 160. He's already got an offer from UTSA. You're welcome. Continue. So, yeah, I mean, I know this team very well from basketball. They're basically a prep school, and uh, Walker and I both described them as basically a prep school. But, yeah, they were two points away from beating St. John's. Um, and, yeah, St. John's is – I don't know, man. I don't know how to describe St. John's at this point. And then the last game I was going to touch on, we already touched on, it's the search and fourth country day. There's really a large gap between um, John Cooper and the other teams, I feel like, in SBC 3A, and I think that's – Starting to come very, very clear um, after Cistercian, you know, lost by a lot to John Cooper, and now John and now Cistercian's playing all these other teams in the SBC 3A pretty close. Ryan, you know, I saw Legacy uh, Sports Sciences uh, play basketball over Christmas break this last. Oh Christmas. yeah, yeah, you were they, they were insane. Probably I'm guessing they were ridiculous. It's just so <laughs> funny because they were playing Bullard High School. And, uh, you know, Bullard's just like, it's like a 4A school. It's a bunch of white kids. Everyone there was just like, it was like, like small, they were playing in the smaller um, division. So it was like smaller private schools and like it was private schools and smaller public schools. And they just roll in there. There's like Jarrett Valencia, who's going to go power five somewhere. There's Deontay Thomas, who's also going to go power five. And then Fred Ward is either going to go power five or G5. And they just, I got one clip of Jarrett Valencia on a putback. That's just absolutely crazy. But that just reminds me of just how 
like just funny it was to see legacy sports sciences just roll up into the Wagstaff Classic in Tyler, Texas and destroy everyone. Yeah, there's but, there's something else, man. Dude, I hope I see him again this Christmas. I got some really good clips. But moving on, that's actually all we're going to recap with our scoreboard. Now we're going to move into our five games of the week from last week, starting with the rival in San Antonio, Central Catholic at Antonian. Junior quarterback Jace Toscano throws for 323 yards and five touchdowns as Antonian routes rival Central 42-14. to Both Ricky Gonzalez and Riley Strode caught touchdowns from Toscano as the Young Bucks from Antonian have grown up and are proving to be a force to be reckoned with. Strode caught four touchdowns and had 163 yards, and just Antonian, I mentioned before, I am incredibly high on them. I really think they have the possibility to make some waves in D1. And I'm going to start with a sidebar here, so y'all can answer this. Walker, I'll ask you first. With the huge matchup against Houston St. Thomas in the last week of the season, do you think Antonian has what it takes to shock the world and knock off D1 favorite in the South, Houston St. Thomas? I'm going to say they have a shot, yes. I, I definitely do think that the offense that they had uh, especially in this one was just amazing. Uh, 42 points on that central defense is very, very good. Uh, you know, we talked about it beforehand. Jace Toscano, Rally Schrode had a really, really good game. And I, I said it before the season. I said it, you know, all this. I think Rally Schrode's one of those underrated guys in that 24 class. And I really, really like him. Uh, or 25, maybe. But uh, big time player. Uh, those guys are just really, really good dudes. Uh, Mike Moreno, the 25 off uh, running back. Is one to watch too. Uh, Boat Ferguson, like we always talked about, um, those are good guys over there, man. You know, you lose. You, I believe, you lose the older Toscano brother. You lose Ty Short going to Cornell. You lose some other guys, and they still, you know, look look honestly kind of maybe better. Some of those young guys have, you know, one year more, and they're looking really, really good. And I think if any team has a shot in the South to kind of match uh, St. Thomas, might be Antonian Prep. I have to agree. Yeah, you were right. Raleigh Strode is a 24. But, Ryan, I'll ask you the same question. Do you think Antonian has what it takes to be able to knock off Houston St. Thomas in that last game of the season? You know, actually, before I looked this up, I was actually just going to say straight up, like, you know, no, they don't. But they do. They definitely do. I, if, if, it was any, if it was any team, it would be them. But you have to stop. Johan Cardenas like it, like there's just there's no question about that this weekend against Concordia Lutheran I know we're not going to talk about this game but I was just going to bring it up he had four touchdowns in that game it's just like you have to realize when when even they even they they didn't even have like what 400 yards of total offense like wasn't even anything that crazy and he's got there you know having uh 158 yards himself if you can stop him then I think you win that game but yeah Antonian is definitely the best definitely the the team, if there was a team, would be them. There's nobody else that's going to be able to do it. Yeah, I, I think you put that perfectly. I think if there's anyone, it's Antonium. But just seeing that St. Thomas team in person, Walker, you can you can agree with this. They are just they look massive, and they just they are athletes literally in every position. It's it's hard to fathom anyone beating them in the South, but if anyone can, I think it's Antonium. But moving on to the next game to recap, a rivalry in Austin this time, Hyde Park at Regents. Regents progresses to 7-0 and after putting Hyde Park in the crib and rocking them to sleep 42 to nothing. The night defense held Hyde Park under 100 yards of total offense on the night, negative 17 yards on the ground, and a dominant effort by the Regents defense. Defensive end Whitfield Powell ended up with three sacks and one forced fumble on the contest. As we mentioned, he was our private school podcast defensive player of the week. The Regents offense leaned very heavily on senior tight end Tyler Quo, J- Jack Burkle, I think. I really am not going to pretend to know how to pronounce that. And then Chili Sire. So a, a bit of a mouthful trying to pronounce the three names of the guys that produced offense for Regents. But Walker, I mean, Regents just in, in a game that we highlighted as a game of the week, they won 42 to nothing. I mean, Hyde Park had looked good at this point in the season. Shoot, they were undefeated. But Regents just proves they are still the kings of private school in Austin. Your thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah, I mean, Regents was the team coming into this game that was the favorites for a reason. They're a really, really good team, one of the best in Division Two for a reason. Um, six and zero was fantastic, and they beat St. Michael's and they beat a lot other teams that were really good. Um, uh, but you're coming into the favorites, the top dogs, and they showed why they're the top dogs this week. Um, I, I, I'm a, I'm intrigued though, you know, 
how they respond. Like, does Hyde Park be like, oh, no, are we back to what we are? Because I hope they don't. Because I think they're a good squad and they have the right potential to move forward. They just have to keep the mindset of, oh, this is just Regents. This is the top dog. Uh, sometimes you just don't – games just don't go your way. And you have to keep winning games and have the mindset for next week. So I'm excited to see how they do the rest of the season. Hopefully get into playoffs and maybe cause some noise. Uh, but Regents, you know, comes back and is the Regents we expect them to be. Yeah, I don't I wouldn't assume we're gonna see any regression from Hyde Park. I just think that's how good Regents is. Ryan, your thoughts on Regents just destroying Hyde Park in the spot. Yeah, Regents absolutely shows that they're the team that has the potential. I mean, I'm gonna tell you right now, they're 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 most destined to go ten and zero, and like I don't think they have anybody else on the schedule that's really gonna put up a fight. However, when it comes to Hyde Park winning out, I don't think they win the next game against Brownsville St. Joseph. I mean, that's Brownsville St. Joseph has just shown how good they are week in and week out. Uh, let's just make it very clear: Brownsville St. Joseph has now has now only was only ten points away from Regents. You just beat St. Michael's. Uh, you're going to play Hard Park, and then your last two games are against St. Anthony, St. Anthony, and TMI. Brownsville St. Joseph is about to put on a really good season. Um, so, honestly, I think you have a really tough game against uh, Brownsville St. Joseph next week, High Park. And if you if you lose again there, it's like you know you're losing your spot in district at this point. You're going to be the third team coming out of your district. Um, I don't know. Very good start to the season, but you just play some hard teams in your district. Um, maybe some that you didn't expect, maybe you expected Regents, but yeah, this Brownsville St. Joseph team has snuck up probably on you for Hyde Park. Ryan, what do we talk about this weekend about jinxing things? I think you're doing your best effort to, to jinx Regents' 10-0 effort in, in district. But no, in all in all seriousness, I, I'll double down and agree with you. I, I think Regents, Regents hasn't lost a district game since like 2015. One of y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. But I mean, I don't think that loss comes this season. To see, to close out their season, they play St. Anthony's, TMI, and then St. Michael's. Who, you know, St. Michael's was a game that we thought was going to be interesting before the season. But now, uh, I don't I don't know about that but maybe not something weird could happen but i'm gonna have to guess i'm gonna have to agree with ryan and guess that regents wins out and goes 10 and 0 on the regular season moving on we have a game that our own walker lot was at fort ben christian versus second baptist a game i was horribly horribly on the wrong side of walker detail what you saw in houston this past friday um what a what a game uh nothing that we expected and uh I'll say this. This is the first thing I have to say. We know who the king of that district still is, and that's Second Baptist, point blank period. They showed why they're the kings of that district year in, year out, and the one loss to Fort Bend last year just wasn't what you expect, Like, was like a outlier, right? Um, for Fort Bend, offense was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. Uh, Dever wasn't... Uh, the best the he hadn't have he didn't have the best night uh last week um and even when they put Kobe Sellers at Wildcat they could not run the ball with him at, at all so it was just the off the defensive line for second baptist held strong the front seven held strong um you know they ended the game with a, a touchdown pass to Gardoni uh that makes Brady Dever have 99 total touchdowns on his career now one away from 100 uh, so we'll probably see that next game, but we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. The star of the game, though, is the 23 athlete Kyle Corm Morgan um, scoring three touchdowns with his legs, one with hurling a man uh, to score. And if you haven't checked that out, go do it. Uh, go watch that, please. Uh, you can see the bunnies by uh, Corm Morgan. And he also made big time plays on defense, making a big, you know, third down stop uh, here and there. I mean, he is the real deal, guys. Running a four five, six two, one ninety, I think like that, maybe even six three. Um, he's just bigger, faster, stronger, and he is the real deal. If colleges are not looking at this kid, I've said this a lot for a lot of dudes on this podcast, but colleges need to look at this kid. He is the real deal. He will be an asset for your team. He's a good guy. Uh, he's a leader for that team. He just passionate and loves to play the game, man. I really, really loved watching him play last week. Um, he's gonna be a steal for any college. Um you know, there were some other guys, you know, J.D. Crisp was a special, special player uh, for Second Baptist. You know, he, I think he's a Division One caliber player. Um, uh, Turner Murdoch didn't have to do a whole lot because he had Cor Morgan and Crisp, to, you know, just do what he, they needed to do. But he did make one pass to Grayson uh, Gando. I know that's not how you say his last name, but I don't want to mess it up. So Grayson Gando, uh, 
for the score. But he's, you know, 6'2", looks like a good quarterback that could play the next level. Um, you know, there was a 78 offensive lineman. Uh, Reginald Lee, a 2025 offensive lineman for Second Baptist, comes in this year as 6'8", uh, probably around like 290 to 300 pounds. He could be one to watch going forward. You know, he has all the tools and the tangibles to be something. Uh, 2025 running back Bryce Butler was one that, like, I was very, very impressed with. Um, the player, he takes over for Eli Smith last year and now kind of hands it over to him and he'll be the guy going forward. Uh, Arrow Brown was one that mentioned, I have to get my – uh, flowers to the Jackson Powers coming over for Fort Bend Christian and having to transfer over. You're playing a lot of guys you know, and you you held your own the entire game. Um, and I mean, hey, he he was having a good time with it. I know that true. He was chirping. He was having a good time. Um, hey, you got to give it respect, man. He locked down Gardoni and others for most of that game. And uh, uh, I mean, all all fair towards him, man. Uh, respect uh, for the other side. I mean, Kobe Sellers looked impressive. Uh, Bennett Warren looked impressive. Max Granville, I challenged because I thought he could get multiple sacks on this offensive line. He didn't do that. He got a tackle for a loss. I think it was his best thing. Uh, but he still looked impressive. Ron, uh, Wes, he kind of looks like a shorter Fadil Diggs type. That's how I would describe him as a player. Um, but they have a good squad. They are talented squad. But they just didn't put it together. Short and sweet. Ending it here. What is the mentality of Fort Bend going forward, right? You just got shown who's still the king of that district handedly. Offense wasn't there at all, even with Sellers or even with Dever. Second Baptist ran the ball all night, basically, right down your throat, and that's a, not a good for any team. So is this just another mishap of a game where you didn't do to the level you're expected to? And, you know, your mindset's like, all right, next one we're going to do better? Or is this kind of what is going to be the Fort Bend of this year with all this talent? And that's going to be interesting to watch. Well, I'll tell you what, regardless of what their mindset is now, we're going to get shown what it is this Friday against the Woodlands Christian. Uh, I, mean, I want to give I want to give a credit to that. Uh, the ref show in that game was – it was rough. And uh, um, it, was, it was bad most of the night. You know, the – the penalty, the no call for the touchdown for JD Crisp's run was huge. I think that was a clear as day touchdown. Uh, there was a lot of pass interference calls that were weird. Uh, there were holdings offsides, just so many things that you're just like, why are they calling this and all that? So I understand Fort Bing might be angry about that, but I don't think that's what cost them the game at all. Um, but I want to give you know credit because the refereeing that game was really really rough and honestly like sometimes both sides too. So it was a rough game for that. But like continue West because I, I just wanted to make that known because even that one play for the um, I, I was told that on that run for JD Chris touchdown that was not called. Uh, they said it was a knee and the refs told the guys that hey don't lose anything you know on a knee. Which you know West me and you we know that like you, you really don't mess with the guy when they're knee and you're going into half. But then they faked it, and so it kind of was like it's a whole weird thing, right? Like refereeing is – it also sucks, right, because private schools get the last pick in refereeing around the state, um, you know, and that's also an issue because you don't always get the best crews. And, Wes, I know you and I have dealt with some refereeing crews that have not been the best. So but that's part of the game, man, and you just kind of have to live with it and kind of beat those odds plus beat the team you're playing. There's a there's a few refs in seven on seven that almost uh, almost threw me out of seven on seven for some things that I I said because of how bad they were. So that's uh, one day I will tell that whole story, but that day is not today. I'll keep my comments brief. I think we're going to learn more about Fort Bend Christian from this loss than if they had won. They're immediately playing uh, TWCA this week in a game that's going to decide who finishes second in this district and is very important for playoff seating. One of two things are going to happen. Corbin Christian is going to feel sorry for themselves. They're going to completely explode after what is quite frankly a bad loss, and they're going to splinter, and the season is essentially going to end here. Or they're going to come out, they're going to beat TWCA handily and finish the season strong and pray they see second Baptist again at some point in the playoffs. Um, it's, it's what's going to happen. There's one of two roads that Fort Bend Christian can take, and it's going to be on Coach Black and that coaching staff and the leaders like Dever and the rest of the seniors to get them on the right path. Ryan, your thoughts of the outtakes from this game? Yeah, I was just going to say real quick, I mean, you know, my intramural refs are pretty bad, but you don't see me complain on a weekly basis. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I uh, 
Yeah, I I just think this Fort Ben team, you know, although although you you what's called you lose this game, like you've shown you've shown that you were on the up and up, right? You've shown that you were you're getting back to it. Um I just think that, you know, second Baptist, I I'm I looked at their schedule. Their four losses are like they packed their schedule this year, just like packed their non-district schedule. They played Suppressing one. They played Bel Air. They played Houston St. John's. They played Houston Kincaid. They literally just said, "Hey, can we play all the Houston SBC teams?" But, um, but literally they were like, "Hey, we're gonna like, we're gonna pack our non-district schedule to prepare for Fort Bend and district and all that, and just like wipe our district." And they're showing that right now. They're now two and zero in district. They're playing Lutheran South this weekend. You could really see this Second Baptist team go six and four, and then go prove something in the in the playoffs. So, I don't know. Obviously, you have you have to you would have to beat. Um, What's called you'd have to beat uh regents in the playoffs to advance to, you know to the championship. But I don't know. The second Baptist team looks good. And if Fort Ben doesn't pull around in the playoffs and beat them then, then you know, we're really not gonna see if one of these teams can't prove to be the best one on their side of DT uh D two and he in Houston, then no one's gonna be able to put up a shot at Regents when it comes to like playoffs. So that's my opinion. Yeah, the last thing I'll say before we get out of this game, as of now, from what I've seen from both of those teams, Regents rolls both of those teams easily. I mean, I haven't seen anything from Second Baptist or Fort Bend that shows me they would pull up even a fight with Regents. But we'll revisit that once we're further down the line, closer into playoffs. Moving on into the second to last game, we're going to recap TCS Lubbock at Fort Worth Lake Country Christian in a game that was supposed to be a good close one between two undefeated squads. TCS covers the 18 and a half point spread and then some by routing Lake Country Christian 49 to nothing. You know, Texas Tech commit athlete Marcus Ramon Edward had five touchdowns on the night and TCS Lubbock. I mean, that offense and defense, the whole team is a well-oiled machine. They're just, I'm not going to say rolling ball of chainsaws, right? now is still just a term that is that is unique to Dallas Christian and I mean if TCS Lubbock if if they can if they can dethrone DC in this district that term might need or in this uh, division that term might need to fall on their shoulders but Walker TCS Lubbock just absolutely kicks the tar out of another undefeated team your thoughts on on their dominant effort this week they're good yeah I gotta give them credit man you know I I picked against them uh, and that was absolutely positively the wrong decision here. Um, and they, I mean, that was awful, uh, awful pick for by me. Uh, I trusted my Fort Worth guys. And, you know, that's the reason I have the pick record that I do. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, big, big win for them. Marcus Ramon Edwards is the real deal. We saw it last year and he's proven again why he's a power five commit uh, at the division three level. Big time player. But, you know, other guys like, uh, Eli Reeves is this 24 quarterback who's done pretty well for them. Uh, Eli Davis, 6'2", or 6'1", 170 player. And then also Cade Hayes is 6'2", 215 as a tw- junior. Yeah, I'm, I've I've looked into this team a little bit, man. And then Hunter Mastin, Zach Anthony, they have some really good players, man, that, I mean, if any team that could cause some chaos against D.C., it might be them in the playoffs, man. Uh. <laughs> I don't want to give away anything right now. Um, TCS Lubbock might be the favorite in D3 by what I've seen right now. Ryan, your thoughts on TCS Lubbock just kicking the tar out of Fort Worth Lake Country? I, I We said it last year when we saw Marcus from Ramon Edwards. Like, we just know, like, he is crazy. Um, he had, so from what I understood, he had four rushing touchdowns, but then also returned a punt for, like, 60-plus yards. So, like, he's playing, I mean, in D3, you play multiple sides of the ball. I get it and stuff like that. But, like, still, it's just, it's so impressive. He is just so elusive, and I'm looking at all this stuff. He's He's putting in, you know, I'm guessing over 200 plus yards a game rushing, you know, around each game. He's, he's having an incredible year. Um, 
And yeah, it's the exact same reason why this the, he's going to go to Texas Tech, and Texas Tech is getting a steal of a guy in D three. I bet there's a bunch of teams that don't even know about who this Marcus Ramon Edwards kid is, and Marcus Ramon Edwards could turn into whatever position they want him to be in college. He is just an athlete. So um, shout out him, and yeah, Walker said it best with all the other guys that I don't really know as well. However, I want to see this team play, man. I want to see this team play. Um, a lot just because I want to see Marcus Manovers again. Obviously, we saw him last year in the D three championship, but it was I don't know, it wasn't enough for me. It was I, it was not enough, and obviously they ended up losing that game to Cypress. But still, you know, he's he's been a dog ever since then. Now I knew he would have a crazy senior year. Bonafide dog. I cannot wait to watch him this Friday. We will we will detail that a little bit further when we get to previewing that game. But as for the last game, we're going to recap Fort Worth All Saints versus Southwest Christian. All Saints gets a much needed win here. I mentioned their backs were against the wall, and essentially they had to win this game. They get a 37 to 21 victory against SCS last Friday. I for some reason picked Southwest Christian who let me down Walker um I'm not too pleased with your alma mater that was a that was a game I needed to put a leg up on Ryan and the pick record and just you know failed me in that spot you know you're the Southwest alumni I want your thoughts on on them losing 37 to 21 to to all Saints in this spot yeah I had a guy there that was uh sending me updates about the game so I'm going to kind of look through that as notes uh in the first, with 12, 10 minutes in the first, it was 14-7. Antoine was taking names, doing what you expected him to do. And then a, uh, another score by Antoine with a huge play by Maddox McCarroll puts it up 21-7. to And then they even made uh, – the Eagles get a stop on the Saints' six, and they settle – or um, their own six, and then All Saints settled for three to make it 21-10. And then All Saints came out the second half and just, like, were what you expected. Kickoff return to the house to make it 21-17. And then this is where the kind of unraveling comes around in the fourth quarter. All Saints scores on a huge pick six, 24-21. And then there was a second pick six for uh, to make it 31-21. to And then, so that's the key of the game, right? It was it was honestly SES's to lose, but two pick sixes in the fourth quarter, that's, that's hard to come back from. Um, and that was huge for SES. That's... Um, it's it's interesting because right because this is the first year Wes that like they kind of went back to like throwing the ball a little bit and in a big district game it just kind of took him away from it so it took him away from the win. Uh, All Saints quarterback Jalen Spriggs makes a great throw to seal it thirty eight twenty one. And I was talking to the guy right. I was like, "What do you think was like the keys? Like what happened? Like what were the big thing?" He said, "The quarterback playing the Saints offensive line." SES really made them lose. They lost to themselves. And that's interesting to see, like, all right, adapting the new offense and maybe not as much, not working as what we expected it to do in district. Uh, the two guys who did the pick sixes, Will Parrish and then Javon Williams, uh, the 23 athlete. Uh, and I expected those guys to do it. The touchdown pass at the end of the game was caught by Danny Hoot, H-O-J-D-E-A. I don't know how you say that. But uh, those are the guys that, you know, uh, played their part in that game. Honestly, that it what looking at the stats and looking at it, that's SES's game they lost. And that hurts for me to say because that's a game that you know they wanted to win. Um, but two pick sixes that, that can't happen. It just can't. Um, and that's the key of the game, basically. That was the turning point for the All Saints. Um, Saints, and yeah, they came out on top. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's always going to be growing pains when you make such a massive transition from a, such a run-heavy offense to trying to pass it more. Things like that are going to happen. They suck. There's no way of of saying it any other way, but you have to get through those growing pains as you're implementing new things. Ryan, your thoughts on All Saints getting a big win against SES here? Yeah, 20 points in the fourth quarter. You know, that's what Walker was talking about, and it's just like, you know, I feel with you, Walker. This the same thing happened this weekend to my team. 21-14 going into halftime. We're only down by seven. And then we give up two pick sixes in the second half. And it's like there's not not, not a lot you can do um from from like uh the defensive side of things because you get tired. Like you keep going back on the field and on the field. And if your offense is throwing pick sixes, then you know you're you're causing yourself to have to play more defense. You know. And and I feel like that's a struggle for my team, and I, I it might be a struggle for Southwest Christian this year. But and you, you know, you kept them you kept them pretty well, you know, under wraps in the first half. They only scored ten points. Don't score in the first quarter. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. Just uh, something, something about this all Saints team that I guess, you know, they, they worked their way back. Defense helped them out in this game. Um, but yeah, this is something that we are, this is, you know, in this district, it's so funny because I would have thought these, both these teams would be, you know, you know, almost like heading into, heading into playoffs for sure. And, now I'm kind of questioning where whether they're both fighting for that third playoff spot at this point. So it's like it's kind of interesting. And this might be the difference between who gets the playoff spot. Yeah, definitely so. It's going to be very intriguing moving forward to see how that shakes out, but it will have to shake out one way or another. I and I'm worried I'm worried for SES's chances in that man being real. You know, it's uh it's always weird watching games as an alumnus of a school and just the absolute dread and nervousness you get whenever they're in a tight spot like that. But that's a spot I will also be in, Walker, so we'll we'll be right there together. But that actually concludes the five games we had to recap from last week. And we will now, before we get into our games of the week that we're going to preview, we'll touch on some other news. And one thing has to be Kincaid beating ESD in the current status of the SBC 4A. Um, as of now... Kincaid has Kincaid outright has first place as they are two and oh, and then um, Episcopal is two and one, and ESD is one and one. Basically, what's going to happen this week depends on if Kincaid beats Episcopal. If Kincaid beats Episcopal, then Kincaid will outright have first place, and Episcopal and ESD will be tied for second. If Kincaid loses to Episcopal, Every all hell breaks loose, and there's a three way tie for first. And I don't really, I forget what the point of uh, the tiebreaker is in SBC. I want to say it's point differential, but we'll see. But Walker, uh, we have an absolute just kind of a cluster storm brewing in the SBC. What do you think? Um, we'll touch on, we'll preview the Kincaid Episcopal game, but what do you think of the whole situation that's arising in 4A? This is chaos, and honestly. I want chaos. I would <laughs> gladly want chaos. Um, and I want I want a three-way tie at the first and see how it goes at the end of the year. Um I I mean, I think you know, uh Episcopal is a big team right now and they're on the they're on the they're on the up and up and they're ready to go and they want they want ESD in the state championship again because they know they believe that that game should have been theirs with all the, you know, the controversy and stuff like that. So that's who they want. But Kincaid, you know, the state championships from like what the past three years plus maybe um, are coming back for vengeance and man and saying, Hey, we're, we, we're not done anytime soon. And we're not team to just be trifled with. And Mike, Micah Bell is the real deal guys. And he is showing why again and again and again, um, ESD now, right? How do they respond? You know, they, the undefeated um, regular season is no more, not like last year. And, you know, finally, when they go back and play these teams again in the regular season last year, you know, in the, in the championship, they lost. You lose now in the regular season. So hopefully they have that, like, all right, we got to adapt and ready to go for the regular, uh, for the rest of the season. Because these now games are going from, all right, we could lose maybe one and we could still make it. No, it's you got to win every single game now. All three of those teams now have to win every single game or you're out. Like it's this is huge. huge. Yeah, there's literally no room for error. Ryan, your thoughts on the the storm that's brewing in the SPC? So we talked about this on the on the space on Friday night. And I keep saying that, but if you haven't joined our spaces, we talk about a lot of different things. We talked about the BC, the BCS type thing that's happening in SBC right now because they just take the top two teams and they put them in the championship. There's no like final four, no nothing, and the three way tie is definitely something that's yeah. going to be different this year. If you're gonna do if you're gonna do the BCS style like college football playoff, just do a college football playoff and do the best four SBC teams and right. just make that a playoff. Right, like just do that. That's much easier. Yeah, and I, I I agree, and I think that's that's the, what needs to be changed because right now you're in a situation where all these teams are going to beat each other, and hopefully this is what happens. But if I'm going to be very very real, I would love to see just ESD play um against you know Bel Air again in, in the finals because all of us want to see that game again. I bet both those teams want to see that game again against each other just because you know I, I know Bel Air wants to see that game again, but uh, I know I think both those teams want to see that game again, and not to you know anything on Kincaid, but. You know, Kincaid is kind of a one-man team and has and, and and it's been a two-man brother situation for the past couple of years, in my opinion. You know, obviously, Paul pa, uh, Paula Bianco or whatever, but I I would Paula Bianco, 
Yeah, Paul Vincero is what I had in my head. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's not a that's not a bad name to have on your head. Uh, but all I gotta say is, uh, yeah, it's just honestly this this Kincaid team has been made up of just these brothers for a couple years. It'd almost be nice to see something refreshed to be something new in the SBC four A championship. But I hundred percent agree. Until they change this into a CFP type format, it's going to be horrible. And I I don't agree with the whole situation of having a BCS style and two teams play. You know, especially the season ends so early. They end their season November, like the first week of November, four days into November. It's like everybody else is still playing football till December. Like playoff time is the best type of football. And you're kind of right. getting away from those kids having those opportunities firstly. So do college football playoff. Do the four best teams since there's only like six in the division and just do that. That would be the, probably the best way to do it. Yeah, um, SBC hire us. You know, we, we have ideas. Now, here's my question, okay? <laughs> Uh, this would be a no uh, good question, uh, guys, for that no context count. So whoever runs that, you should do this. Yeah. If it comes down to a three-way tie at the end of the season, what is the best way to that is not like actual stats to prove that those the two teams that should go to the state championships? Like, should it be like a rock Jesus. paper si- rock paper scissors <laughs> tournament or Hunger Games? Hunger Games. That's a good you, one. You you nominate you nominate you who you think is the best you know survival candidate. So pa- on your Patrick team, Burke. They all they all fight to the death. So Patrick Burke is now going to go fight Micah Bell and <laughs> it's like a it's like a three way. So Carson, do we think uh, it's Carson Gordon for you? <laughs> <laughs> so it's Patrick Burke, Carson Gordon, and Micah Bell. We just drop them. I say I think the Woodlands would be a good place to drop yeah. them heavily. No, we, no, no, no. We take them all out of their comfort zone to East Texas, to the, to the tiny woods of East Texas. Drop them straight in meth country and just let them fight it out to the death. And uh, who, what's the goal? Like <laughs> to the test, like and like. <laughs> that's really good. That's really good. Um, okay, so so guys, Southwest preparatory conference. Let us know what you think the Southwest Preparatory Conference should do if it's a three-way tie. And I want wrong answers only. I don't want actual stats. I want wrong answers only. Because as of now, as of now, I mean, we just we just made the rule. If there's a three way tie, we're taking Micah Bell, Patrick Burke, and uh, and Carson Gordon, and they're fighting to the death. I'm sorry, that's just that's just what's happening. Yep. <laughs> moving moving on into into what actually we're now going to make a weekly segment that I'm actually very excited for. We're playing a game. It's called Does Dallas Christian Cover the Spread in Their District Game? Because it's literally it's not even worth trying to pick if DC wins or not these district games because they're going to destroy everyone's but we're going to for just dc this week dallas christian is playing brook hill they are favored by 27 and a half points i think that is no that's at dallas christian as far as i know but uh i personally i'm gonna take i'm gonna take dc to cover a 27 and a half point spread um i would honestly cover it much higher i think they destroy brook hill in this spot walker your thoughts can't believe I'm doing this, by the way. Um, <laughs> Listen, you're on a podcast with me. I'm going to make you do some kind of something with with sports lines. Oh, uh, I think they cover. I think they cover that spread. Ryan Schroeder. Yeah, I'm going to say they cover as well. I mean, as, yeah, that might be disrespectful that we all just said, you know, with DC's. no hesitation. None of us even took two <laughs> seconds to think about that. Yeah, um, I mean, not not a lot of logic behind it. I just know Dallas Christian's good at football, so you know, I think they'll win the football game. Hopefully, yeah, uh, I love Coach Ryle and all them down at Brook Hill, but DC's going to put a DC's going to put a sixty burger on them. Yeah, hopefully, Jonah McCown and company can uh, cover the spread and hopefully even win that game, man. Props to y'all. Wish y'all the best. <laughs> They won the game. They won't. <laughs> Moving on into you want to put your house game. on it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, honestly, I, I'll, I'll put, I'll, I'll purchase, I'll purchase Michael Jordan's mansion and put it on that game. I'm pretty, pretty confident on that. Moving into our five, that's going to end up as a screenshot somewhere. Moving into our five games of the week for this week. The first one, a game that involves two former schools of members of the podcast, Grace Community at Legacy Christian. Grace is six and one. Legacy is two and five. Grace is a ten and a half point favorite in this matchup. And in a pivotal game with playoff implications, Grace will take the bus up I-20 to Frisco to take on the two and five. Eagles. These two teams have had very different starts to the season, but they may be closer than the records indicate. Grace began by running through every podunk UIL school East Texas had to offer until 
running into a hacksaw in the form of Grapevine Faith. Legacy started 2-0 after beating Oak Ridge and Dallas School for the Blind, but has dropped their last six, most recently a 50-28 defeat at the hands of Bishop Dunn. I mean, listen, um, Grace is in a bad <laughs> Grace is in a bad spot following that faith game. Um, Legacy is in a bad spot, period, as a program. Um, I still think Reed Alexander, Jamarion Johnson, Nick Stewart, Luke Wilson and company get get this done. Um I think it's going to be closer than people think, given the records, but I think Grace wins here. Give me give me the Grace Community Cougars. Uh, you know, I'll let Ryan go last since it's his school. Walker Lot, your thoughts on the game. Are we, do we know what we're we all two are betting on this game? Like what's what's the what's the what's the situation here? I, what, am I am what if I pick Grace? Like I don't Oh, no, <laughs> you can you, uh, no, I pick I don't see, even... this, this is this is the thing. It's like if I if, well, Walker, you just go first. You just go first because uh, Grace. Might not... All right, Grace, continue. I will say, I will say, it would be unfair. I don't know how fair it would be to bet straight up on the game, and I'll say this for Ryan because Grace is favored in this game. Although I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I don't think. I think Grace. I don't think Grace is as good as people think, given the record, because those UIL schools are bad. Here, here's here's the thing. I I just. I, th- I think at this point, and I- I've heard from some people at Legacy and talking about this, is exactly what I said earlier. The defense, the defense is doing what they can to set up the offense, but the offense is not scoring. The offense is having a hard time putting the ball in the end zone while the defense is going out there and getting forcing turnovers and doing what they can, but the offense can't get first downs for Legacy. And I'm pretty sure the there was some crazy stat on the Liberty game where like. Basically, we couldn't even get a first down for who knows how long or whatever it was. But I, I just, I have to, I have to think in my head that like, you know, this Bishop Dunn game, we had a chance. You know, we were really, really close in the first half, only down by seven. Um, but yeah, we threw two, two pick sixes. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about Grace, but you know what. <sighs> You know what? Uh, screw it. I'll pick legacy. I'll pick legacy. I'll pick legacy in this game. Now, I just you know it's it, 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 is it our homecoming game? Oh, it might be our homecoming game, y'all. I uh, you know what? Th- this is this is the thing. Maybe homecoming wise, you know that may change something up. Hopefully, maybe these guys play for something more. Um, but yeah, right now it just is looking downhill and, uh, you know, I've only heard things at this point where, you know, we have, we have two shutout losses now. Um, and it doesn't look like we're going to be scoring any more points. And if it, this is the game, you would now have to be grace and you now have to be quorum Dale in order to take that third spot. And if we go to playoffs this year, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. So all I got to say at this point now is that uh, I, I think Legacy wins here, but only by, what, two, three points? It's going to be the closest game you've ever seen in private school football. Okay. um, We can workshop this right now live. Is there anything – what would you think would be a fair oh. bet between the two of us? Goodness gracious. Uh, um, okay. So next week is Halloween week. Correct. We're oh. doing We're doing Halloween costumes. Mm-hmm. Y'all two get to decide the costume for the other if whatever your team wins. Yeah. If your team loses, the other person gets to decide it. Yeah. It, yeah. I. I mean, you're talking about Stillwater, Oklahoma. You're gonna. You're gonna have to give me options. I could have at Walmart and a, and. Uh, well, uh, am, you got Amazon. You have Amazon too. True. 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 You I could Am- do Amazon, but so, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Point. I guess okay. I can find it off Amazon. And you, you can. I, uh, what we say? We say winner buys. Or sure, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. But Luke, okay. winner, winner, winner picks at least. Yeah, okay, please subscribe so, to the website to to yeah to fund to, the, to, to fund to fund the Halloween costumes. But yeah, I like that. So so winners the the winners team picks the losers Halloween costume. Yeah, no okay, perfect. I like that. So. Keep up for next week to see uh, to see who will be wearing what after Grace beats Legacy Christian. Moving on into the next game to to preview Grace Prep at Trinity Christian Lubbock. Grace Prep is four and three. TCS Lubbock is five and two. Trinity Christian is a twenty one and a half point favorite in this game. I will say just to uh, just to give some context, um, I got a text last. Let me pull it up. This was last Thursday. 
out of the blue that said, where was it? It said, hey, man, next Friday, would you want to fly up to Lubbock and watch Trinity Christian play Grace Prep? So my, my cousin has his pilot's license. And we, he's mentioned it a few weeks ago. He's like, Hey, I can, I can fly up to West Texas one week because I know y'all have games up there that y'all want to go see that y'all obviously can't drive to. I was like, sure. Yeah. I just didn't really think, I think I thought that was something that we would say and never come back to. He texted me that and I was like, heck yeah, I want to fly to Lubbock and watch a game. So long story short, I will be in Lubbock to watch Grace Prep and Trinity Christian play. And I am so incredibly excited to watch that happen. But in terms of previewing the actual game, TCS has won their first two district games by a combined 97 to nothing in dominant fashion, needless to say. Senior athlete and Texas Tech commit Marcus Rowan Edwards is an absolute monster. And with junior quarterback Eli Reeves and junior running back Eli Davis and Cade Hayes, the Lion team appears unstoppable at the moment. Grace Prep, however, is no pushover. Jalen Talton, Caden Lehew, and Cole Mathis make up a very talented Lion squad who are more than prone to play spoiler in the situation. However, I just can't see that happening with how dominant Trinity Christian has been this season. I want the Lions. I want the points. I want the smoke. They're going to cover the spread. TCS Lubbock wins this game. Walker Lott, your thoughts? You just moved your camera every time you hit your desk. Did by the really? way. Yeah. Yes, you did. Uh, <laughs> so, now, I I really, 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 really like this Grace Prep team. You know, Jalen Talton's my guy. You know, I've, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in all of Division Three and all of TAPS, all of private school, all that. But I think after last week's just dominant performance by TCS Lubbock, I have to pick them here. So I'm going to pick TCS Lubbock here. I think Marcus Ramon Edwards is the real deal. Looking into the offensive line, some of their athletes, you know. Uh, one guy I just noticed while looking into this team, right, uh, Brady Scott, 6'2", 2024. Uh, like, they got some dudes over here, man. Um, and everyone else we already mentioned before. I mean, this team is pretty, pretty good, man. Um, so, yeah, give me TCS Lubbock. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts? I'll keep it short and sweet. I'll give you three words. Marcus Ramon Edwards. That's actually one name, three words, but... Yeah, I said three words, so I'm not going to talk anymore. Marcus Ramon Edwards. Fantastic. Yeah, I would uh, I, I would have to agree. I think TCS Lubbock gets it done. I can't explain to you how excited I am to fly out to Lubbock and watch that game. <laughs> I, I really, really want to see that. I hope your B-reel goes off mid-flight. <laughs> mid-flight, dude. That would be, that'd be so hard. That would be awesome. Okay, moving into the second. I hope that happens now that you said that. Moving into the third game, we're going to recap. And how we mentioned this at the midpoint of the episode, it's going to be a big determinant in SPC 4A. Episcopal Houston at Kincaid. Bel Air Episcopal 6-2, Kincaid is 5-3. and three. Episcopal Bel Air is a one-and-a-half point favorite. Well, now we're in one big pickle thanks to the Falcons. If Episcopal beats Kincaid here, then there's one gross three-way tie for first. I'm going to have to dig into the rule book to refresh myself on the SBC tiebreaker specifics. But that is one big if. Micah Bell and the Falcons have been playing inspired football as of late, knocking off the 4A title favorite ESD last Friday. This Kincaid rushing attack is ferocious and has no regard for human life, and the defense is as scrappy as it can be. It is going to be an absolute war on Friday when EHS rolls into town. However, Episcopal is still the same talented team that we were high on rolling into the season. Carson Gordon, Lane Leinbarger, Andre Thompson, and Madden Morgan are among the top talent in private school athletics, and we'll try to prove it against Kincaid this week. <sighs> Listen, man. Kincaid this year is one of those teams. It's like how I said about Midland in the past. I I want I want to stop picking against them because they're really good, but they keep playing really good teams. And I am honestly terrified that they win this game. I'm gonna pick Episcopal. I don't feel good about it. it. I'm really, really nervous about it. And I pray that at least one of you pick Kincaid because if we get mean to death again for the triple against Kincaid um, pick, I might just pass away. Walker Lott, your thoughts? You see, I want to pick Kincaid, but I'm not going to because I'm going to pick Episcopal. I think, as you know, Wes, Right, mm -hmm. watching Kincaid live. I wonder if one of their quarterbacks is back, but 
Kincaid is a very run centered offense led by uh, Michael Bell, right? Mm-hmm. And they face a lot of teams, but the one thing that Episcopal has really well at is a defensive line led by Hutch Coward and Jason Ota. And I think those guys and the rest of the defensive line and those linebackers are going to come ready to play and they're going to do a pretty good job of stopping the run. And so because of that, I think EHS is going to win this game. Ryan, my brother, you have to pick Kincaid here, please. No, I, I won't. And I have, and this is what I'll say because <laughs> you can't be mad. You cannot be mad because no, you're not going to be mad. You're not going to be mad. And I'll tell you why. Because in, in my opinion, Walker's exactly right. I the the EHS how do I say this? The EHS defense is good enough to stop Kincaid and good enough to stop Micah Bell. So the offense is going to be able to put up the points on the board. And I honestly think that they win by a touchdown. I mean, I I, I don't think that's that crazy to say. Yeah, if I had the line, I'd put it at six and a half favors for Bel Air. I just think it was a. I think either ESD is kind of the team that you know that that was kind. Of, I don't know because people are already talking about the fluke loss to Bel Air for ESD and all that kind of stuff. So honestly, I think we we can now say that Bel Air is like the top of SBC, and I have Kincaid at the third position in my opinion, just like from a like opinion standpoint. And I think a pistol wins this game. We are so screwed. We're not screwed. We're you screwed. act like no. We're fine. This we're happens fine. almost every time we do this. We're screwed. We're 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 chilling. We're screwed. Moving on into the second to last game, we're gonna cover. You have Trinity. to remember. You have to remember, Ryan. This is the like the mindset of like a gambler. Everything's gonna go bad until it doesn't. Like that's the mindset of West Hollison. Yeah, I I'm I'm not very good about uh what was it? I was, I was jinxing stuff this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I clearly had to learn some stuff this weekend from my fellow uh gamblers. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> listen, man, I'm the most superstitious person on the planet and that really gets <laughs> exacerbated in situations like these. Moving on, the second to last game we're going to cover Fort Worth Trinity Valley at John Cooper. Trinity Valley is six and two. John Cooper is seven and one. John Cooper is a 17 and a half point favorite in this game. And this point blank period is the game of the year in SPC 3A. New kids on the block, Trinity Valley will head south into the woods to spar with the Dragons of John Cooper. Both teams are four and zero in district, and this will be the first of two meetings as they will face off again in the SPC 3A title game in a few weeks. Trinity Valley is a fantastic story. Three and six and finishing fifth in conference one short year ago, the Trojans are a new team in 2022 behind sophomore standout quarterback Gavin Parkhurst. Trinity Valley is averaging almost 40 points per game and are only allowing 23. However, 53 short yards across the field awaits the incumbent. John Cooper picked up this season like they never left. Senior quarterback Vaughn McKeever is still one of the most underrated prospects in the greater Houston area, as well as Texas private school football as a whole. Add in Kyler Sullivan, Dean Calhoun, and Alonzo Barranquilla, and the Dragons have no intentions of relieving that SPC title they hold so firmly. But, you know, this is a different year. Trinity Valley looks very, very good this year, and I don't really see a situation that I can pick against I'm having a vision. Oh, okay. John Cooper, 42. Brandy <laughs> Valley, 28. Okay. Going to be the score of the game. John Cooper wins. Did you just have like your that's so Raven moment? That you just I, like- I, I went into a trance. I saw, <laughs> I saw Vaughn McKeever throwing a lot of touchdowns and Keeler Sullivan and oh. Alonzo Barron Kia going crazy. 42 mm-hmm. to 28. It's going to be the score of the game. I, I like your vision, Wes. And you know what? You know, sometimes you have to believe in the vision. Believe in the miracles. And you got to believe in the possible. And you know what's possible to me? I I think what's possible is I think a Dean Calhoun breakout game here in, in the Woodlands this week. I'm thinking three touchdowns, maybe four touchdowns for Calhoun. I think this man is about to go off and cement himself as one of the best players in all of private school in the 2025 class. I think he's the real deal. I've said it all year, and I think instead of maybe Vaughn McKeever going off, I think it's going to be the Dean Calhoun game, and I think he's going to show why 
uh, you know, he a lot of people are downing this kid to be the best and the best. And I, I really like Gavin Parkas. I think he's an amazing guy. Pepe Reagan, all the other guys, Carter Lee, all those dudes. They're a good team. But Dean Calhoun is going to make make it a mission to prove that I'm right in, about him and all these guys. So, Dean, go show him what's up this weekend. That's such a tease. I thought you were going to Trinity Valley. Yeah, I thought you were going to Trinity Valley, too. I was so confused, and then you said Dean. I was like, all right, whatever. All right. Ryan, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, and just chalk me up for John Cooper. I don't really know. I, I think there's such a far gap between John Cooper and the next team. I'm having a vision. I'm having a vision. I'm having a vision that John Cooper wins the SBC 3A title. And uh, call me crazy, but I don't think that's that weird of a vision. No, I think that's a that's a very good pick to make. All right, so we'll go through our last game so Ryan can get out of here. Central Texas Christian, who is six and one, at Shiner St. Paul, who is four and four. St. Paul is a 15 and a half point favorite on this contest. And Central Texas Christian is one of the most improved teams this season, regardless of classification. After going four and six last year, they currently stand at six and one and look to make a run at the district title. And with running backs like Reagan Ragsdale and Ethan Allercamp, that is entirely possible. However, St. Paul is still the four-time defending state champions, and they have the talent and coaching reflective of that. And as much as my heart wants to pick Central Texas here, I have to side with my brain and go St. Paul. I think St. Paul beats them in this spot. I know St. Paul, a lot of people have jumped off the ship. They haven't looked as dominant this season. I still think they get it done. I still think they're a really good team. Give me St. Paul in this game. Walk a lot. Yeah, um, I'm going against you. I'm going Central Texas. Um, Yeah, yeah. I love it. I know. Uh, I think this team is good, man. And Shiner hasn't proved to me that they're what we expected them to be this year. Am. And I think Central Texas uh, Christian is 6-1 and one for a reason. They've beaten some pretty good teams. And before that reason, I'm going to go with those guys, man. Uh, I think the, I think they're a promising team down in Division 4 in the South. And they could, hey, they might see – this might be the team that gets out of the South this year and makes – and faces all the big dogs up in Division 4 from the North. And, hey – they might be the sneaky team to cause some havoc up there. I agree. They well could be. Ryan Schroeder, break the rubber here. Who who you got? Yeah, I mean, Shiner is 4-4, four and four, but this is a team that has beaten D2 um, TMI Episcopal. Um, they have beaten uh, the Sacred, uh, Sacred Heart team. Uh, that is, I mean, sorry, they lost Sacred Heart, but it was only two by 10. And they beat Legacy Prep, um, 49 to six, which is a team that, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it was a seven point game for Central Texas Christian where they won. They both won, but clearly a blowout by Strider St. Paul. And I know the transit popper doesn't apply, whatever, whatever. All right. I think it applies because this is clearly a blowout by Shiner and, and it was a, it was a close win for Central Texas Christian. Give me Shiner in this game. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. My entire pick was based off that that game, the transitive property, which is probably gonna <laughs> fail me. But we will see. It will be interesting. So we have two on China, one on Central Texas Christian. And with that being said, that actually concludes all of our content for the episode. So I mean, we have a very very fun week of football. I will be in West Texas watching Trinity Christian this week. I'm so incredibly excited to see that game at Grace Prep. I know I've said it a billion times, but I mean. Without further ado, this has been the Texas Private School Podcast. I have been one-third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson, Walker Lott, and Ryan Schroeder have fantastically, excellently, whatever adjective you want, been themselves. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two, one.